Welcome to New Gen Network, a podcast online radio show from Ghana, West Africa. Your host is Raphael Okere and co-founder. Gen Writers Club is a show to empowering young African writers to share their writing skills and arts with the world. Join us to listen to our international guest speakers who are ready to inspire and motivate you to your success. entrepreneur. Um, For those of you guys who don't know me, I started my first company when I was about 15 years old, left home and went out to seek my fame and fortune. Now, of course, the part that I missed was that I needed to have money in order to make that happen. So I missed the memo that went out that said, hey, you need to have money to make money. And I found myself in very short form sleeping on the beach and with little or no money and basically trying to figure out what my next move was. And what happened was really interesting. I found a mentor who mentored me and I write about it. I've got a book coming out called Billion, How I Became King of the Thrill Pill Cult. And the mentor kind of coached me and I somehow discovered the electronic music scene, the EDM scene at the time. And so I started going to these parties And the thing that I learned from these events was that there was a lot of money being transacted. Now, that money was not being made by the people who were throwing the events, the promoters. The money was not being made by the DJs because they were always standing outside with their hands. Why isn't anybody paid the poor musicians? Artists love to be poor. I'm joking (laughs) for any of you guys out there who are artists. So I started thinking maybe it's the property owners. Nope, the property owners, almost never got paid. So who was it who was making money at these events? Can you take a guess? Um, the promoters. Nope, wasn't the promoter. So I'll give you a clue or I'll tell you what it is. So it actually was the people who were selling drugs, the drug dealers. Now, I looked around and I knew myself pretty well. I think it's Alan Watts talks about the foundations of being a a self-realized human beings. You know, the philosopher Alan Watts, who is is very well credited with bringing the wisdom and knowledge of Eastern philosophy to the West, of bringing the, the concepts of Zen and those thoughts to the West. He talks about the importance of knowing yourself and knowing who you are. And I knew at that time that I would not be very good at crime. I looked at the guys who were doing crime. I'm like, man, these guys are dumb, but they have nerves of steel. I definitely was not set out to do crime. I would be very bad at crime, very bad at crime. So I decided that I was going to try to figure out a way to create a legal drug, a natural drug that I could sell through the rave scene through the drug dealers and to make my fame and fortune. So I went about the process of doing that. And I remember with the first amount of pills that I made, I walked into a club and the supply of drugs had gone down, particularly of this one drug called ecstasy, which in the nineties was a huge thing in the eighties. It was legal, but most of it would come from Europe and it was a fairly difficult drug to synthesize. So most of it would be coming from England and and Holland. And somehow the government pulled the cord on it. They said, hey, we're not letting anything in. And the supply had dried out. So people were desperate. And I was there, synchronicity, my friend, right place at the right time. 
and I had a legal alternative. And so I, you know, put together my courage. I walked up to one gentleman and I I use the term gentleman loosely because he was a drug dealer. And I said, (laughs) Hey, you know, uh, you don't look like you're pretty good at crime either, even though you are doing crime for a living. Why don't you sell my stuff? And you may be able to make some money while all these other people are suffering. And so he agreed and, you know, it went to one guy and he made $10,000 in a night and to another guy and he made 15,000. Yeah. And we went from 1,000 to 10,000 to 100,000 people. And I built a network of drug dealers who were no longer dealing drugs. They were selling our all natural herbal pills. And I know you, you're from Ghana and all, all my brothers from, from Africa, that yeah. the traditions there with herbal medicine, with natural medicine, right? It's part of, part of the culture, right? Just as it I, is in, in it. I was about to touch on that, you know, like it, down here, it's, it's all herbs, you know, like we use herbs for almost everything, almost every sickness. And when I was going through what you've been able to do with, all those inventions, I was asking myself, like, herbal ecstasy? And I've not seen that here in my country or even on the continent. Like, where, where did they even get those herbs from? Well, so this was from the, you know, we're talking about the 1990s. So in the 1990s, you know, we got the herbs from, you know, wherever herbs came from. So some of them came from South and Central America. Some of them came from China. Mm-hmm. Traditional Chinese medicine was very popular, you know, but that's, that's, that's always, I think, you know, the way that a lot of the times these, these types of medicines are culturally appropriated, right? The white man comes in and he's like, Hey, you know, look at this stuff. We're, this is, we're going to make it like <laughs> this and sell it in pills. Right. And that, yeah. and it happens all throughout cultures and traditions right but people in traditions like the african tradition the middle eastern traditions the arabic traditions the chinese traditions they've been using these medicines for for long periods of times and maybe they don't all have science behind them and maybe you can't you know put everything in one pill that works for everybody but for a lot of people in the greater population of the planet they can't afford to go to doctors. They can't afford these medicines. And some of the stuff works. It, it just works. works. Yeah. We, yeah, we don't know why. We don't know why for a lot of the stuff, but a lot of it works. So, you know, we developed this herbal supplement and the supplement went from, you know, one guy in a club to hundreds of thousands of people selling this all over. And then it became legitimized. We were on the news and I was selling it in brick and mortar and we were in record stores and clothing stores and uh, liquor stores and all over the world, everywhere I went, they were selling the pills until one day I walked into my office. I realized I was a teenage kid, you know, somewhere in my teens or maybe early twenties at that point, I, I can't remember. And I got a phone call that the news was out that we had made a billion dollars in revenue pre-internet my friend before social media before everybody had an iphone in their pocket before twitter and TikTok and all these things that this teenage kid who was sleeping on the beach in an abandoned building some months before now has created a billion dollars in revenue and i remember thinking to myself oh my gosh holy holy smokes what am i gonna (laughs) do i don't even know what a billion is 
So I started researching, trying to figure out how much is a billion dollars. I, right? I didn't know. Ask, I wanted to ask you that because, you know, I had a story from a soccer player who was sharing a story about how his first million dollar experience was like, you know, when he had that bank alert that, hey, you've received $1 million. How his experience was like. He, he says he couldn't sleep the whole night. You know, he was <laughs> he was just anxious to get a feel of that money. And I was thinking, for you at that young age, how was it like? You know, and this is one of the things I talk to people about often, is I say, you know, don't chase money, chase excellence. Chase the thing that you do that's gonna do what Steve Jobs said, put a dent in the universe. And that's what we do. You know, I teach my students all the time. I've got a, a series of courses, but I've got a course where I teach people how to do what I do on the Amazon platform and yeah. create revenue streams from all over the world. And I've got a lot of people from Africa, South Africa, who are part of my course and our mastermind where we teach them how to do that. Yeah, the Amazon but Mastery. I, yeah, the Amazon Mastery. But I think, you know, and and by the way, if you want to, I'm happy to give give our one hour course to any of the, your listeners for free. So we can talk about that a little bit later. But sure. so, you know, to, to answer your question is that I was so busy, you know, being excellent and, and, and seeking excellence and doing what I was doing that I didn't even notice the money. The money was like, yeah, of course the money's there. I didn't even think about it. I remember one day, I'll tell you, I had a dog um, and I love this dog. And you know, the dog would just hang out with me all the time. Cause you know, some, sometimes when you, when you make a lot of money, your dog is pretty much the only one you can trust. <laughs> and I, I had this, this, this beautiful dog and we were hanging out in my office and I had gotten rid of all the desks cause I decided everybody needs to humble themselves and sleep on, you know, sit on the floor. So I got rid of all the desks. I got rid of all the chairs. So everything was on the floor and I had trays with our papers in there. Cause there was a lot of papers before computers in those days. Yeah. And I remember the dog came and it started, you know, sniffing around and jumping up and down and it jumped on a pile of paper and the papers just spilled all over the floor. And I was like, oh man, I got to pick up these papers. So I reached in to pick up the papers and I noticed that there was a couple checks and I looked and there was one for a few thousand dollars and there was another wow. one for like five or $10,000. And then I looked and there was a check for a million dollars right that somebody had some, somebody had written me a check for a million dollars and this is how much i cared i had thrown it into a pile months back and i never thought about <laughs> it because we were making so much money we were yeah. printing so much money literally by by and we weren't literally printing money but we yeah, were printing money in the terms that the product Pills, that we were making yeah. had such high margin that we were it was better than printing money and I just remember looking at the check and I looked at my dog and you know what I did? I just grabbed the pile of papers and I threw it back in the pile. And I think it was months after that before I even went to cash the check because I didn't care. It was like, oh yeah, of course there's going to be checks for millions of dollars. Of course that money's going to be there. And that's what happens when you get into the flow. When you do everything right, you end up at the right place at the right time. When you're at the right place at the right time, opportunities will come to you. Yeah. But the problem is that people think that this stuff happens magically. They're like, oh, art of manifestation yeah. and, you know, all this stuff is going to happen because, you know, I believe in God and God, I'll tell you, God <laughs> does not care about you, right? You've got to do it for you. 
Yeah. You've got to go out like, there. And I, I don't I don't say that to be offensive to people, no, right? No, whatever no. whatever you believe in, whatever empowers you, whatever deity, whatever you're doing. You know, an old teacher of mine used to say, God is out playing golf, right? Meaning that <laughs> he is busy doing his thing. You've got mm -hmm. to bring yourself up. And that's mm -hmm. when the world empowers you. That's when things start coming to you. And you do that by working hard. Some of the hardest working people I've ever met, like my partner, are from Ghana, from Africa, because things were not handed to you. You don't live in this first world kind of, you know, place where like, you know, it's flowing with resources and you're just complaining because you feel entitled. Nothing is handed to you. You've got to work for everything that you've got. That's the culture that I came from. I was born in Iran. We came here as immigrants to the United States. My dad worked in a really, you know, low level pizza shop for years and then a dry cleaners cleaning people's clothes for years. And he was treated very poorly as, mm. as most immigrants are when you go to another country. But, yeah. you know, he was, he was, from a different mindset. And when I came came up in the United States, I came from a different mindset. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to allow the restrictions of my past get in my way. So I worked, I hustled. And then one day yeah. I'm waking up, I'm getting the news that we broke a billion dollars. People are watching this on the news going, look at that little guy with the long hair. That kid got lucky, man. He got that lottery ticket. He got yeah. that lottery ticket. And, and, he, had and a, he had a lot of hair then. Yeah, I had a lot of hair then. And, yeah. you know, people don't talk about everything it took to get you to where you are. We look at musicians and we're like, hey, man, he got that hit. Look at that hit. He got that hit. Oh, you know, he got that one hit. He got lucky. But what about all the stuff that musician no. did to get to that point? Yeah. Yeah. I, I for one, work with a lot of musicians. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's so crazy the kind of process they go through in the studio to make up a song. You know, the words, getting the words to rhyme, getting the words to pass on the kind of message they want to pass. It's, it's not really easy. Like people say it out there. And the thing is, most of them don't hear the, the fillers they go through. And this is a general thing, both with entrepreneurs, with artists, with writers, with, you know, everyone. People don't really share their, their failures and what they go through in order to make up whatever success they, they've made. And so right. it, it always looks normal for people when they see you succeed and they're like, hey, it's lucky, hey, I, I, I can do this, I can... You know, you have to just understand it's it takes a lot of process, a lot of patience, and a lot of work, hard work, like you said. Um, yeah. I, you're yes, right. You can, you can go ahead. Yeah, I mean, look, sometimes you can get lucky, right? Sometimes you can be born into money. Sometimes you can marry a rich person. You know, yeah, yeah. you can get lucky. But for the majority of us, that's not going to happen. And you know, there's really, you know, I, I talk, we have a podcast called hack and grow rich. So for any of your listeners, you know, if you want to check out our podcast, it's on Spotify and Stitcher and Apple Pi podcasts and Google sure. podcasts. So you guys can download us there. And we talk a lot about hacking life, about little hacks that you can do that can get you a little bit ahead of the rest. But when it comes to success, people are always asking me, Hey, what's, what's the hack? And I'm like, Dude, the hack is getting out there and working hard, yes. getting out there and hustling. You know, like, do whatever it takes. I I I feel like 
the whole story you just said right now about the club thing wasn't it didn't even end there you know that's one thing that even our listeners can try to adapt right now after you realize the problem you had to work you know to get it done you had to when you saw the opportunity you just had to go out there and work it's it included getting the the products done your innovation done it's included speaking with the suppliers you know all aspects and so when you realize the opportunity or the problem and you want to solve it yo you should just know that it takes a lot of work to get it done and you just you did you did just that it was i think there's something that all of us can learn from because most of us are still realizing portals in our system you are realizing the problems in our systems and we want to be innovative about it we want to make innovations out of it but persistence has been some of us problem you know we can't keep going for that long while for the long run as soon as we start as soon as some push starts they start fading out or just stopping because mm. you know they are tired of the whole process the whole process you should know is hard just that's just it it's it's going to be hard yeah so okay so i've got answers for both of those things so and that's great that's really good uh feedback so the first thing i'm i'm going to tell you and this this is a little contradictory to what some people say the first thing that i'll tell you is that Somebody told me once that if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Doesn't mean you won't wake up and go to a job. It just means that because you love what you do, it doesn't feel like work. And so yes, the yes. first key is picking something that you don't hate. Now, for a lot of younger people, people who are just kind of building themselves up in life, you might have to do some things that you hate until you can do what you love and that's okay so first and foremost the second thing that i will share with you that's been very helpful to me and i think probably could be helpful to your listeners as well is that we are all humans one of my mentors told me that behind every deal is always a human being everything that you see around you was sold to one human from another human at some point in time yeah, so what does yeah. that mean that means that we have to recognize that we too are humans and we are fallible so for example you you know what food is good for you but if you keep junk food in the house at a certain point you're going to just grab for that thing that's not so good for you why uh -huh. because you're just human you're vulnerable <laughs> so the more intelligent person the sneaky player would say i'm not going to put the food that i don't want to eat close to me or in the house even i'm not even going to buy it because i know my vulnerabilities now that is a person that's really realized now knowing this information what you have to know is that our brains our neurochemistry works on feedback loops so it's like a circle Now, if we're constantly putting input, 
us output or some output at all, right? If we keep banging on a rock, right? Or steel wall and no one's answering, we just keep, at some point we're gonna stop banging, right? But if we bang and someone says, hello, and we bang and bang and someone says, yes, and we bang and bang and the door,